Come on, somebody give the Lord a mighty hand of praise in this place. Come on, on Christmas Eve, somebody give God some praise. Hallelujah. Welcome to our third and final Christmas experience of 2023. It's a great night to be in God's house, amen. Great afternoon, I guess, at this point. <laughs> Man, it feels like a whirlwind. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We're so glad you're here tonight. A little more elbow room in this service, which is all right, amen. I'm glad you're here. I hope you guys have been having a great day. Did everybody get their Christmas shopping done? No. <laughs> oh, man. Some of y'all waited for Mary's water to break to start shopping, huh? You better get on that. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I'm glad you're here. It's great to see you, amen. It's great to be seen. And we've just had a wonderful couple of days. Friday night, we had our first Christmas experience. And about uh, once a month, roughly or so, we've been doing these things. I felt the Lord speak to me to do called Open Table, which is we put on a dinner here completely free of charge. And every month or every so when we do it, they're completely different. And so we had a Christmas one Friday night in here, and this place was jammed up to the glory of God with people, amen, with the presence of God. And it was just such a blessing. And this morning at 10 o'clock in the morning, we were here, and there was a whole bunch of people that were wide awake at 10 a.m. And uh, on Christmas Eve, who knew it was a Christmas miracle? And uh, <laughs> it was awesome. I went to have some lunch with some family and some friends here up uh, at the lake to a nice restaurant for lunch. And here we are again. And it's a blessing to be here. So I'm glad you folks are here. I hope you feel welcome. And uh, just excited to celebrate the real reason for the season. How about you? Come on, how about you? And uh, if you have your Bible with you tonight, you could turn to Luke chapter 2. We'll start in verse 8, Luke 2. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. You could follow along on the screens. If you need a Bible after service, we'll gladly give you one free of charge. And if you have kids, you'd like to give them a Bible, we have kids' Bibles for the kids too. And we'd love being able to give people the Word of God. Amen. And I believe that the Word of God is for everybody and that everybody is somebody to Jesus. And I don't believe the Word of God is just for the minister, but I believe it's for all God's people. I believe it's without error. I believe it from Genesis to the maps. Amen. And uh, that's the kind of church we are. So anyway, we've been talking on uh, through the Advent series. We taught on the Advent of hope, anchor for our souls. We've taught on the Advent of peace. We taught on the Advent of joy Friday night. And now today I want to talk to you a little bit about the love of God and the remaining time we have together and the real reason for the season. Is that all right? Y'all ready? Luke chapter 2 and verse 8 reads like this. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them. Don't you love that we serve the God of suddenlies? Come on, I said, don't you love that we serve the God of suddenlies? That suddenly God could turn it around in your life. Suddenly God can give you a breakthrough. Suddenly God can heal your body, can save your soul, can fix that broken heart of yours. Come on, somebody. He's a God of suddenlies, and the same God of suddenlies that appeared to some lowly shepherds in a field wants to appear to you tonight. I said he wants to show up and suddenly show off in your life tonight. He wants to bring you into a right relationship with him through his son. Amen? Come on, somebody. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. It's powerful, isn't it? Come on, that powerful? Hey, Marcia. That the Lord's glory surrounded them, his radiance. I'm here to tell you today, no matter where you might feel on this Christmas Eve, which is hard to believe we're already on Christmas Eve. It feels like this year flew by, didn't it? 
in his third Christmas experience here in Honesdale, no matter how you might feel, I want to tell you something. There's a God in heaven who loves you. There's a God in heaven who wants you to experience the greatest gift that's ever been given. He sent this feeble preacher here to remind you it's not about the gifts under the tree, but the gift that hung on a tree for you and I. And I'm here to tell you tonight that Jesus is still the reason for the season. The same God that appeared over 2,000 years ago to some lowly shepherds in a field and said, no, not only appeared to them, but surrounded them with his glory, with his radiance, with his presence. The same God wants to appear to you today and appear to you tonight. Come on, somebody. And wants to fill you with his presence. He wants to surround you with his glory and his goodness and his mercy. I'm here to tell you the same good news. that was, Come on, somebody. Give God some praise. That was good news to those shepherds over 2,000 years ago. Is good news to you and I tonight. And I've come to know Christmas for everybody is different. For some people, Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. Bing Crosby. And for other people, Christmas is the hardest time of the year. For some people, they don't have their loved ones they had last year at Christmas. And it's very challenging. But I'm here to tell you, mountain high or valley low, God is still a good God. God still has great news he wants to declare to you and wants to declare to me through the personal work of Jesus Christ. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified the truth is they probably needed to change their shepherdly garments amen and the truth come on think about it it's a normal night we're out in the fields watching over the flock not a ton going on right just enjoying ourselves looking at the beautiful stars in the beautiful stars at nighttime looking up just enjoying a little bit of crisp air fresh air amen everything's going as it should be going like it is every other night Or at least seems to be. It's just another mundane day, if you would. Another normal day until, boom, God appears. (laughs) And you think you'd be filled with faith. And I'm sure you guys are a lot more spiritual than me. So you'd definitely be filled with faith, not terrified. But these shepherds went from a normal day to what the heck just happened. That the very, hear me. The very gift of Jesus Christ that was been prophesied and foreshadowed and foretold all throughout the Old Testament of the Bible. Come on, somebody. And what I find crazy about this is right until God appeared, there was 400 years of silence. From the last time Jesus was prophesied about, there's 400 years of silence. God doesn't say a word. And these shepherds are just doing what they do. Working like we should. Amen? Using our God-given talent and ability, whatever it might be. And God appears. And it changes everything. Come on, it changes everything. I'm here to tell you that same God wants to appear to you tonight. And he wants to change everything in your life. He wants, come on somebody, he still wants you to experience this great gift, this great declaration of Jesus Christ as King of kings and Lord of lords. And he wants to rescue you tonight. Don't be afraid. They're terrified, but the angel reassured them. You know what I love about God is he's always reassuring his children. Come on, He's, uh, you don't think you can do it, but God says, no, I'm, I'm not seeing you in your hurt or your habit or your hang-up. I'm seeing you that you're on the right path that I have you on. Come on, somebody. You're on the path of peace. You're on God's path for your life. God still knows the plans he has for you, which are good plans. Come on, somebody. Tell your neighbor, say, good plans. The Bible declares, for I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and never to harm you. Plans to bring you a great future and a great hope. No matter where you're at tonight, there's a God in heaven who loves you. There's a God in heaven that has you on the path that you wouldn't think you're on. But here's 
What I love about God, he can use the hard things in life. He can use the good things. He can use the bad things. He's still using all things that he works together for his good. Come on, somebody. And he, why? Because he loves you. So these shepherds are terrified. He said, no, 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 no. And it reassures them. That same God reassures us tonight that he loves us. That same God reassures you that you are going to make it. Don't quit. Come on, somebody. That you're, you could be the first one in your family. You could change the trajectory of your family tree forevermore by making a decision to receive Jesus. tonight. Come on, somebody. You could be reassured in the confidence that God will do exactly what he said he's going to do. The Bible says, is there anything too hard for the Lord? He said, have I not spoken it? Will I also not perform it? He's always reassuring his children. He says, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Say all people. Come on, say all people. I'm here to tell you, everybody is somebody to Jesus, red, yellow, black, and white. They're all precious in his sight. Come on, somebody. God loves everybody. Everybody is somebody to Jesus. God has great plans for you. You don't have to come from a certain pedigree. You don't have to have a certain degree or no degree. Come on. God just loves people. God is in the business of redeeming all things to himself. If you believe that, somebody give God some praise. He said, I bring you good news that I bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth. This is the Hallmark version of the Bible. (laughs) Snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God. Come on, glory to God. In highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. Father, I pray in our remaining time together tonight, I thank you your word cannot return to you void. It must accomplish that which you have purposed for it to do. I thank you, Lord, you declared in Jeremiah chapter 1, you're watching over your word to perform it in the lives of your children. I pray, Father, this word would take root in our hearts tonight. That we'd have a revelation of who Jesus is and what he's done for us, God. That we would really remember what the real reason for the season is. That we would experience the greatest gift that's ever been given on our behalf. In Jesus' name, all God's people said. God is the God of suddenlies. I love from the announcement that night that he made to the angels, the announcement I'm making to you tonight. He's still a good God. Come on, he's still a good God. He still brings good news into the lives of his children. Come on, somebody. So very quickly tonight, if you're taking notes, number one, why did Jesus come? Jesus came to rescue you. Jesus came to rescue you. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. What a blessing, isn't it? For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, that is the gift of God. What I love about God is it's a level playing field. Come on, somebody. It's a level playing field with God. Everybody is in need of a Savior. Everybody. On your best days, you need Jesus. On your worst days, you need Jesus. It's a level playing field. The Bible says it like this. It says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says no one is good, no, not one. 
The Bible says we are born in sin and shaped in iniquity. So no matter how good you might think you are, you still need the grace of God. You still need a Savior. And God not only, watch this, says this is what the law demands, but he delivers the person and work of Jesus Christ to meet the law for you and I. He sends a rescuer, come on somebody, to rescue you and to rescue me. And this is the message of Christmas, that God so loved the world he gave. He gave. He's a generous God. It cost him the I don't know how else to say it. It was the most costly gift he could have given. He gave his son for you and for me. Oh, because we're perfect? No, because we needed a savior. We need to be rescued. Come on, somebody. I'd like to encourage you tonight. When you wander, God comes after you to rescue you too. You might think, well, I, I, Pastor, I kind of wandered in my way. Let me tell you, God knows right where you are. And though your sin reaches far, his amazing grace reaches even further. Come on, somebody. You might think you wandered too far. Let me help you. You're never going to win a game of hide-and-seek with God. (laughs) Can I just tell you? We're kind of stupid to even think that we're going to win that game. You're trying to play hide-and-seek with the hound of heaven who sees all and knows all. Come on, think about it. He's all-knowing, he's all-powerful, and he's everywhere. And you think you're going to win that game? (laughs) But the truth is, even in your wandering, hear me. There's still a God who comes after you to rescue you. There's still a God who said, no, 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 no. Even when you were faithless, I remain faithful. Come on, somebody. Why? Because God came to rescue you. He came to rescue me. Amen? The Bible says in Romans 5, 11, So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. I'll read it again. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Isn't that something? That God would give his only son. And I love this because the whole Christmas story, without going into it, you all know the story. But it's like, it could almost be like a sitcom. Think about it. You got a 15-year-old virgin who's trying to convince everybody it's not what it looks like. Think about it. And she said, oh, no, this came from God. (laughs) Come on, lie, you fry. (laughs) And it's such a tough situation because in that day, hear me, if that happened outside of wedlock, not only were you excommunicated from your family and from your community of faith, but they literally threw you out of the city. Think about this. Total outcast. But God shows up on the scene this way through a 15-year-old virgin. Then make it even crazier, right? We got nine-month-old or nine-month pregnant virgin riding a donkey, which I'm not a doctor, but I don't think they recommend stuff like that. (laughs) And I've, I've walked that road over there in Israel. Let me tell you something. That's not an easy walk. I couldn't imagine riding it on a donkey, amen? I rode a camel over there, and I was humping and bumping all over the place. Think about it. And then God sends his son through a 15-year-old virgin riding on a donkey, and God don't even make an Airbnb reservation for them. <laughs> there ain't no room at the Ritz. The innkeeper says, sorry, we don't have any room here. If he only knew, oh, man, what that virgin was carrying. You know, I think sometimes if we're not careful, God has such big things in store for us, and we miss it. Because it's not how we think it should look. Come on, can I just for a minute? 
We miss it because it doesn't come how we thought it should be or how we thought it should go or how it looked like it should have went in our heads. So they didn't care. Oh, no, we got no room for that here. You're 15. And so we have a baby born in a manger, wrapped in snuggly clothes. I grew up learning swaddling clothes, but we'll keep it hallmark in here, all right? And then to make things worse, you got a king that's so jealous he hears that the Savior of the world has been born that he puts an edict out to kill every child two years old and younger. Think about this. What jealousy drives somebody to do? I'm just trying to backtrack here so you understand how God can show up in the hard places, how God could show up in the least likely places. Come on, somebody. How God could take the stories that don't even look good, and it looks like things are bad, and it looks like it's not going to work out, and God could bring the greatest message out of the biggest mess. Come on, this is our God, that his grace can intervene no matter how bad the situation might look, no matter how bad things might be, that God can show up in his infinite grace and his amazing mercy and just reach down into our bad situation and turn things around and could bring a great blessing out of a real mess. And then out of this mess comes the greatest message that's ever been given. Behold, Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. And that's our God. Least likely. Last to be picked. Ugly situation. Wrong place. Wrong time. Wrong pedigree. Everything looks wrong by man's eyes. But guys, I'm going to show up right there. Come on, somebody. I'm going to interject myself right there in the story. Come on. That's our God. When you're in the big mess. He says, let me give you the big message. And 2 Corinthians 5.15 tells us, He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they'll live for Christ who died and was raised for them. But I tell you this, it's not just that God rescues you from something, but he rescues you for something. Come on. It's not just that you get your uh, get-out-of-hell-free card. <laughs> You got fire insurance. It's that God saves you to serve. Think about this. That God rescues you, yes, from your sin. Yes, from all this nonsense. But God rescues you for something. God gives you purpose. God gives you a destiny. God says, oh, wait a minute, wait. I didn't just save you now. I got plans for you too. I got good plans for your life. We're going to, come on somebody, we're going to restore this thing. We're going to rebuild your life. We're going to put you on my path. Come on. And when everybody else wrote you off, I'm going to bring you right on through. Number two, if you're taking notes, Jesus came to recover you. Jesus came to recover you. And that's something. He came to rescue you, but not only rescue, he comes to recover you. Lou and I were at the gym the other night, and a handsome young man come over, I don't know, probably in his early 30s. And he began to thank us. For the messages that go forth, things of that nature. He says, aren't you the pastor? I never know what to do when people ask that. Right? That's a loaded question. Especially nowadays. I don't know whether I'm going to duck <laughs> or say thanks. No, I'm teasing. He began to thank us for that. And he said, you know, my twin brother's over there. Watch this. He says, we're from Pittsburgh. I said, awesome. So what are you doing over here? He said, we're living over here in a sober house. He said, we just celebrated six months sobriety. Isn't that awesome? Why? Because God wants to recover you. Oh, come on. I know there's people in the room tonight, they're celebrating sobriety. There are people in this church that came in this church hooked on drugs. 
down to their last hope, and God has marvelously, in his grace, delivered them and set them free. We've had people come in this church who are homeless that now have jobs and are living in homes, and God's turned things around for them. We've had people come in this church who are unemployed that now own businesses. Multiple people in this church healed of cancer. We've had blind eyes open, deaf ears open. You don't want to believe it. Come see the proof is in the pudding. People can say whatever they want, but they can't knock is the signs and wonders and miracles that take place. There was a man in the last service, Glenn, he's a friend of mine, firefighter from New York City. Last year I was preaching. While I was preaching, he stood up and started reaching around like this. I thought, what the heck is he doing? Something I said? I know I say all kinds of things, but man, it wasn't that bad. He had a lump on his back about the size of a softball. God dissolved it while I was preaching. Don't tell me what God can't do. He's a miracle-working God. Why? Because he wants to recover you. Oh, come on, somebody. He wants to not only rescue you from your sin, but he said, no, I'm going to recover everything in your life. I'm going to help you get back on the right path. Come on, somebody. I'm going to get your sobriety if you need sobriety. Maybe it's a broken heart God needs to recover. Maybe it's a failed relationship God needs to recover. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's employment. I have no idea, but God does. And God wants to recover it for you. And that's the amazing thing about God. He doesn't leave you high and dry. When everybody else walks on you, God's still there. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. They could take everything from you. They can never take God's presence. Come on, somebody. You might feel you've destroyed your life, but God wants to recover your life. I said, God wants to recover your life. God's grace to redeem and restore and recover is stronger than any sin. I'll say it again. God's grace to redeem and restore and recover is stronger than than any sin. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 11. I love the way the message puts it in verse 28. It says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? I've been there. How about you? He says, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. We need that now more than ever in this world, don't we? I'll show you how to take a real rest. Come on. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace, and I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Isn't that good? How about this? He says this in Deuteronomy chapter 30 in verse 3. reads like this. God, your God, will restore everything you lost. Oh, man. Well, I could preach right there. God, your God will restore everything you lost. You might feel like you've lost everything. You might be in a hurt, a habit, or a hang-up. You might feel like you failed time and time again. But I'm here to tell you, God not only wants to rescue you, but God wants to recover you too. God wants to build you back up again. You might feel like you're in the ashes, but the Bible says, out of the ashes he shall arise. Come on, somebody. You might feel like you're in a desert, and the Bible says, out of the desert he'll cause streams to burst forth. He said, even when you walk through the fire, you won't be burned. Even when you go through the flood, you will not draw it. Why? Because God wants to restore you. God, your God will restore everything you lost. He'll have compassion on you. He's a compassionate God. He'll come back and pick up the pieces from all the places where you were scattered. No matter how far away you end up, God, your God, will get, out of, get you out of there and bring you back to the land of your ancestors where you once possessed. In other words, where you once were, God can bring you back to. And it's something. It'll be yours again. 
He will give you a good life and make you more numerous than your ancestors. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 3 through 5. I tell you this, if God can rescue you, then God can recover you. If God can rescue you, then God can recover you too. Number three tonight, Jesus came to reconnect you. Oh, man. Jesus came to reconnect you. Not only did Jesus come to recover you, thank God for that, and to rescue you, amen, but he came to reconnect you to the family of God. I said he came to reconnect you to the family of God. The beginning of the Bible, God made man in his image and in his likeness. Sin destroyed man, separated man from God. And God said, no, 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 I'm going to give you my son. What sin destroyed, I'm going to inject my son in. Come on, somebody. And I'm going to reconnect you to the family of God. I'm going to restore that thing. I'm going to recover you. I'm going to rescue you, but I'm going to reconnect you. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm going to reconnect you, too, to the family of God. I love this Song of Solomon, chapter 2 and verse 4. I bet you never heard Song of Solomon before in a Christmas message. Last service, there was quite a few kids in the service, too, with the parents. I think the parents, some of them knew Song of Solomon. They were, like, grabbing for the kids' ears. <laughs> no, don't, not with my kid in the room. Song of Solomon, chapter 2 and verse 4 says, He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. I'm here to tell you tonight, God brings you back to his house. God reconnects you. Come on, somebody. And God don't see sinner. God doesn't see failure. God doesn't see hurt, habit, or hang up. What God sees is love. What God sees is love. God sees his image and his likeness. God sees all things being restored to him, recovered to him, rescued by him. Come on, somebody. And then reconnected to him. He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. I'll never forget. I, I didn't always... Uh, Follow the path of the Lord to say it that way. Anybody else like that? Come on, you bunch of liars. <laughs> you got halos over your head since you were born. I know. It was the last two services that had all the sinners in it. <laughs> it's a joke. But the truth is, watch this. No matter what I would do, no matter where I'd go, no matter how far I'd try to run from God, I'd lay there at nighttime and I could feel burning in my stomach. Out of my belly, out of my gut, and I knew it was this power in the presence of God. Trying to reconnect me to him. Drawing me back to him. Trying to rescue me again. Trying to recover me again. Trying to reconnect me again. I'm telling you, that same God will do that for you too. That same God will do that for your children too. Or your children's children. Come on somebody. There's a God in heaven that loves you. He said in John 15, 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Nothing. You might think you're doing well in your own strength. The truth is you're doing nothing. Yeah, but Tyler, you know, I'm doing all right. You know, I make some money. I got a nice house, some cars, da, 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 whatever, some assets. That's all well and fine. It doesn't mean squat if you don't have God. I've tasted some of the things of this world. Trust me, it doesn't mean squat. If you're not connected to God. And it's funny how God will use things to connect them to us. Isn't it? God will use anything, anytime, anywhere. And we all have different stories of how God's 
connected us to them, or maybe you're on the path of getting connected to God. Like the other night, Friday night, we had our open table in here. And it was great. We had a wonderful Italian meal, amen. God loves the Italians. <laughs> and it was really kind of cool because Colleen, who directs our kids' ministry here, uh, they put together a play with the kids. And I didn't know what they're going to do because, look, it's not my shop. I don't put my hands where they don't belong. Amen? I'm like, Grant takes care of worship. Colleen does this. Heat does that. Whatever. I ain't worried about it. I show up. I preach. I pray for people. And during the week, I work on the buildings. <laughs> Chief cook and bottle wash. Amen? But I was so touched because uh, I'm 32. It's hard to believe I'll be 33 on Saturday. It's like the time just goes like that. But when I was a kid, be church Christmas plays, Easter pageant, whatever it was, we had to sing. There was no CD. Come on, anybody? It don't matter if you suck to sing. You were singing. And so, Colleen, you got these kids addressed. You should have seen them the other night. Little shepherds with their staffs. And it's amazing they weren't beating each other with them. Come on, anybody got kids? I hear people say, oh, babies are perfect. You've never had one. When people say babies are perfect, never lived with one. Come on, somebody. Ain't nothing perfect at 3 a.m. That perfect little angel seems like it's a, never mind. <laughs> right? So you got all these kids dressed as angels and little shepherds and all this stuff going on. They did this little play thing. Santa Claus was here at Mrs. Claus. I had them giving out gifts to the kids. They're getting pictures on the stage. If that's too sacrilegious for you in the wrong church, amen. If that offends you, I'll definitely offend you. And uh, there all kinds of stuff going on, right? It was awesome. And the next thing I know, Grant's back there talking to me in the back. And the next thing you know, he starts making his way to stage. So I thought, what's going on here? So the kids are doing this play thing, and people are laughing. People are crying. People are taking videos and pictures. And, oh, my God, you know. And uh, Grant gets his guitar. I thought, where's this going? So inquiring minds want to know. So I'm watching them. When Grant starts playing, the kids start singing. Oh, come on. They start singing, go tell it on the mountain. Watch this. It reconnected me to when I was a kid. Come on. Right? Where there was no CDs where the kids just lip sync and dance. Oh, there's none of that. These kids had to sing because Grant wasn't singing. He played guitar. He wasn't singing. And they were singing because I was clear near standing in a cafe and I could hear him sing. I felt the presence of God so strong. And I'm not a feelings person. I'm a focus person. But I'm telling you, you could feel the presence of God so tangibly in the room. Seeing these kids sing, go tell it on a mountain. Seeing these kids sing, you know, these beautiful Christmas hymns. I don't even really like Christmas music. So it had to be God, amen? <laughs> I like it at Christmas. That's about it. I don't like it the rest of the year. Maybe it's just me, but that's a whole different discussion. And so... The kids are singing this Christmas stuff and talking about reconnecting. And it reconnected me to when I was a kid. Took me back to before CDs and whatever, however they played a the thing. Because I show you, I have no idea what they do with the media. Amen. I'm just glad they know what they're doing. And to see these kids so full of joy, I thought, what a way of God to reconnect us to Him. Because God, God will use anything at any time. Anywhere to remind you of his presence, to reconnect you to him. Amen? Amen. Scripture says it like this. Worship team, you can come back and I'm going to close. Mark 8.35 says, if you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. 
But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. Now, the next scripture is a very challenging scripture for a lot of people. Mark 8, 36, it says this. For what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? What shall it profit you to gain the whole world and forfeit your soul? There's nothing, hear me, on this side of eternity that's worth forfeiting your soul. There's no amount of money. There's no house. There's no car. There's no plane, no ship, no nothing that's worth forfeiting your soul. I don't believe there's anything wrong with having things. I'm all for it. You can have things, nice things, whatever, God's blessing. Don't hear it, I'm not saying, as long as things don't have you. I'm not a, a preacher who thinks you should be poor. I believe you should be blessed. I love the fact that people in this church are starting businesses and God's blessing their businesses. I, I'm behind that 100%. I'm a small business owner myself, amen? I believe in that. But I also believe we on a shadow of a doubt. What shall it profit a man to gain the whole world if he loses his soul? This Christmas season, if you got every gift you could ever imagine, what would it be worth if you ended up losing your soul. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I can feel the anointing even now. I'm going to ask you that question. What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Maybe you don't know. If you were to die tonight, that you'd spend eternity in heaven. Maybe you're not sure. You say, preacher, I, I don't know. I don't know where. I might have been feel like I was with God one time. I don't know where I'm at today. I'm here to tell you, God wants to rescue you tonight. God wants to recover you tonight. And God wants to reconnect you to his family tonight. There really is a real heaven. There really is a real hell. God is for you. The devil is against you. You cast the ballot. You're the deciding factor here. God said, I've already provided salvation in my son. I've already given you the greatest gift that's ever been given. You decide what you do with it. You either worship him or you turn from him. It's one or the other. And this might seem like a harsh message on Christmas Eve, but this is the gospel. And the Apostle Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation made unto man. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. But the Bible also tells us in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You go to the doctor to get better, but he's got to give you a diagnosis before you can have a deliverance. I'm here to tell you tonight, the diagnosis is sin separated you from God. The deliverance is Jesus Christ. He's the only way to heaven. I said he's the only way to heaven. The Bible says there's one mediator between God and man who is Christ Jesus the Lord. Well, my grandma's a nun. That's wonderful, but that's not what's going to get you to heaven. My uncle's a pastor. Great. Not going to get you to heaven. Cousin Eddie's my cousin. Okay. Still not going to get you to heaven. The only way to heaven is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And I don't care if I'm the last man standing in Honesdale to tell you there really is a real heaven. There really is a real hell. And there's a real God who really loves you. There really is a real God who has great plans for your life. God is a good God. God loves you. God wants to bless your life. But it's up to you what you will do with the child who is called the Christ. 
Jesus Christ lived 33 years without sin. He performed great miracles, performed great signs, but the greatest thing he ever did was the Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross for you and for me. I wouldn't feel right preaching any service, not giving you the gospel of Jesus Christ, but especially on Christmas Eve, giving you the opportunity to respond to this grace. The God that rescues you, the God that wants to recover you, and the God that wants to reconnect you to his family. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I won't embarrass you because I don't believe God's into embarrassing people. I believe God's into redeeming people. I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me. It's not a prayer that saves. It's faith in Christ alone that saves. Jesus is the only way to heaven. He's the only way. Andre Crouch used to sing back in the 70s. <laughs> Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there is no other, for Jesus is the way. Master, repeat this prayer. Say, dear Jesus. Come on like you mean it. Dear Jesus, I admit I need you. I need a Savior, and you're that Savior. Though my sin reached far, your amazing grace reaches even further. I give you my heart. I receive your forgiveness. Say, Jesus, rescue me. Jesus, recover me. And Jesus, thank you for reconnecting me to your family. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I just real quick, a couple of things, and I'm going to turn you loose. That's the greatest decision you can ever make. Let somebody give God a big hand of praise in this place. Amen. A couple of things, and I'm going to let you go. Number one, go to church. It does not have to be this church. I wish it would be, but if it's not, please do yourself the favor and do this pastor a favor on Christmas Eve. Whatever church you go to, Please make sure they teach all the gospel and they believe it from Genesis to the maps. It's hard to believe, but we got all kinds of crazy stuff getting taught out there nowadays. Ministers, all kinds of, the world is whack. So please, whatever church you go to, make sure they're a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. The type of church, if you get sick, they'll lay hands on you and believe God for your miracle. Amen? Believe all the gospel. If you'd like to come here, we meet every Sunday night at 6.30 p.m. We'd love to have you. we got great things going on with the kids, great things going on with the youth. I mean, they're just tearing it up around here, and God gets all the glory for it. Amen? I promise this. If you come here, you're going to be loved, cared for, welcome, everything under the sun. And we'll do our best by God's grace to always encourage you in your journey of faith. Amen? So go to church. Number two, read the Bible. I don't believe that. I said before, the Bible's not just for the minister. It's for everybody. If you need a Bible, these handsome-looking guys back here where the sign says Thrive, they'll gladly give you one free of charge. If there's kids that need a Bible, you can see Miss Colleen over here. Colleen, raise your hand just a second. Miss Colleen, she'll get a Bible for your children. Doing a wonderful job. If you're a guest here tonight, which I know we've had guests in every services, right there where the sign says Thrive, there's a little uh, brown paper bag and a pen and a thing that says Welcome on it. Take it. It's a gift for you. I don't want anything from you. I just want you to enjoy yourself. Enjoy God's presence. Enjoy Christmas. Amen? So, go to church. Read the Bible. Number three, pray every day. 
Oh, God. No, no, no. Prayer is simply being thankful to God. I had a young man a few weeks ago. He said, Pastor, I don't know any religious words. I said, me neither. I said, let me help you. You're in even better company. God doesn't know any either. I said, but I'll tell you what God does know, an attitude of gratitude. Wake up tomorrow say, God, thank you for another day on your earth. There's a whole bunch of people that didn't make it through the night. Thank you, Lord, for a roof over our head. Come on, we live in the most blessed nation in the world. We have so much to be grateful for. Go to church. Read the Bible. Pray every day. If you have a smartphone, you could download the YouVersion Bible app. They'll send you a verse a day if you want to. If not, you can go on the app, whatever. This church, we read through the Bible together in a year, every year. It's hard to believe. It's our third year of ministry in Honesdale. Isn't that crazy? And starting, yeah, come on, somebody give God praise. The first Sunday in January, we celebrate the birthday of the church every year. So it'll be kicking off our fourth year of ministry, which is exciting. We've been working like crazy in the building next door. We're trying to get the first floor buttoned up because our kids' ministry just keeps expanding. Amen. So we're going to have the big kids over there, and it'll free up some rooms upstairs for the kids. Anyway, it's a whole ball of wax we got going on. Amen. All good stuff. And so go to church. Read the Bible. Pray every day. It's really that simple. Amen. The gospel is simple. It takes a good theologian to screw it up for you. So I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. Last thing we're going to do is we're going to give back to the work of God tonight. And I'll tell you one other thing that you won't hear most preachers say. There's never, 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 hear me, an obligation to give in this church. I'll never put pressure on giving. I don't believe in it. I know how to believe God. Should you tithe? Yes. Should you give? Yes. And the scriptures tell us that. But I'll never put pressure on people to give. Because that's not what God does. I said that's not what God does. So if you feel like we're trying to get something from you, keep it. But I'll tell you this. If you feel led to give something tonight to the Christmas offering to God's work, that's what we're going to do. We're going to give God a gift here on Christmas Eve. And we're going to go our separate ways. Amen? They got a little table there in, in the lobby by the cafe. You want to get coffee or something to drink. There's a little something for you all to eat out there. And we just have some of the most amazing volunteers that make up this church. I'm telling you right now, you have no idea how blessed we are. You can find us on so social media. Ugh, social media, I'll get it out. Facebook, Thrive Church Honesdale. TikTok, Instagram, obviously Thrive Church Honesdale. YouTube, Thrive Church Honesdale. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google something. Podcasts, right. As you can see, I'm a little old school. Thrive Church Honesdale, we'd love to stay connected with you. Anything we can ever do for you, we're here. I'm here. Anything I can ever do to help you in your journey of faith, help your family, I'm with it. I'm all in. Amen? I challenge you, though. I don't know how many people I've seen in the last three services, but it's been a lot. And it's been wonderful. Amen? But I'd tell you this. I would challenge you. Make a decision this year to get to the house of God regularly. Amen? Not just Christmas and Easter. <laughs> Lastly, I'll say this for some of you. Happy Easter. <laughs> some of you know what that means, some of you don't. <laughs> Why? Because I won't see some of you until Easter. Amen. No, I'm teasing. I, I mean this sincerely. I'm going to pray a blessing over you and we're going to go our separate ways. I hope you have the best Christmas you ever had. I really do. I hope you have more joy than you've ever had. I hope you have a great time with your family, celebrating, having a good time. Hey, God wants you to enjoy your life. Amen? God don't need to beat you up. You're already beat up. God just wants to fix you up. Amen? 
So I'm going to pray a blessing over you. We'll give an offering. We'll go our separate ways. And I hope you have the best darn Christmas of your life. If you weren't here Friday night, you missed it. Just seen how everybody had these crazy Christmas sweaters on. You wouldn't believe that some of the sweaters. Thank God for Jesus. Amen. But a certain drummer, <clears throat> who I won't mention, was dressed as Cousin Eddie. He had polyester pants on and white shoes and his hair slicked back. And he told me he's been holding out for a management position. So we're praying for him. Amen. <laughs> if you don't get those references, this is probably not the church for you. I'm teasing. I'm going to pray a blessing over you. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I thank you for this wonderful group of people in this community of faith known as Thrive Church Honesdale, God. I pray these people experience the best Christmas season they ever have before, God. I pray that they, they just have a focus, a revelation, a realization that's not about the gifts under your tree, but the gift that hung on a tree for them, God. I pray they'd feel your joy, they'd feel your hope, they'd feel your peace, they'd feel your presence and your love unlike ever before. Now as the scripture says, Lord, may you bless these people, may you keep these people. May you always cause your face to shine upon these people. They're rising up, they're lying down, they're coming in, they're going forth. Each and every day they lift to see the gift of another sunrise. May they know they're blessed and highly favored by Almighty God. I bless them in the name of the Lord. I bless this offering, I pray you multiply it, and I pray we reach more souls for Jesus in 2024 than we ever have before. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. God bless you guys. We love you. Merry Christmas.